right, gentlemen. So it's been a while since we've last recorded, and a lot has happened. Uh, last week, the Pens got a new co power couple. Arizona is in trouble again. And probably one of the cooler things we've seen in a while, the outdoor game at Lake Tahoe, which resulted in some very late-night hockey, some epic visuals, and, unfortunately, Barbie Girl being ruined for Pasternak. Uh, this week, we got Kane hitting 400 goals, McDavid hits 500 points, and I heard Bob Ridley called his 4,000th game with the Medicine Hat Tigers. Uh, to put that into perspective, 4,000 days comes out to 10 years, 350 days, or 348 if you count leave days. Besides regular body functions, have you guys done anything 4,000 times, like, on purpose? Uh, you, you, you took my answer with body functions there. No. <laughs> All right, well, I'm pretty... I'm pretty sure I've done this 4,000 times. Beer time. Well, more than 4,000. Yeah, probably more than 4,000. At least, you know, 4,000 times my body weight. Anyway, gentlemen, how are you doing? Duncan, how you been this week? Oh, it's it's been uh, busy, but uh, had a extra day off today and just had a little, uh, little, little me day where I could relax and... Even had a little quick power nap and. Wow, a little pregame nice. nap, huh? Yep, exactly. Nice, Mikey. How you doing? Ah, uh, you know things are uh, things are going. We had uh, had the Wi-Fi out all day, so uh, you know you don't you don't realize how good a thing you have until you don't have it. And uh, when there's no Wi-Fi and you realize that you can't do anything, you know, including work, which was nice. So you know you end up kind of uh, having a little bit of adult recess all day, shooting some basketball. So. That was pretty much my day. Not too eventful. Yeah, nice. That's, that ain't so bad. What about you, Mr. Wills? Oh, man. Uh, today has just been uh, hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait. A lot of that was last week, same thing. Work's been a lot of get ready for something that's supposed to happen eventually, and then you're just sitting there waiting. Luckily, I got some bullshit projects to do here and there, but it's been all right. Can't, can't complain. Well, thank God we have hockey and beer. Oh, thank God, yes. Uh, I've had plenty of that over the last couple of weeks, actually. I think I might have hit 4,000 times my body weight just in the last week. But God bless us, everyone. Yeah, God bless the beer for everyone. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's dive into the power couple here in, uh, in, in, in Penguins territory. Ronnie Hextall and Brian Burt. Isn't that a hell of a duo? That's... Yeah, so um, Burke is brought on as, as president of Hockey Ops, right? And uh, Hextall is the GM? Yes. All right. That's correct. That's, uh, it, it's a hard one to, to kind of dissect because they're in such a weird spot, obviously, kind of with, with an aging core that they do. That's, you know, one of the greatest in the modern era. So you're kind of just at the questions that you ask yourself when you see that hire, you know, where are they now? Where do they see themselves in two years? Where do they see themselves in five years? When you bring a guy like Berkey on, you always ask, how long? You know, so uh, I don't know. Where, where do you guys think the Penguins see themselves right now? I, it's, when you ask the Penguins, like, I think it's, uh, you have to look between, like, the different divisions of the Penguins. You have your coaching staff, the management, and players, because I think they all see themselves differently. I think, obviously, the players, maybe they're a little biased, and they see themselves as a contender, whereas 
maybe the coaching staff sees the same, but I think I, I think based on what Brian Burke and Hextall have said, um, mostly Burke, they, they haven't come out and said, oh, no, we're, we're not a competitor. Um, he's very uh, reserved with they're just going to see what happens this year, see how things play out, see if they need to make some additions, make some moves, and then go from there. So it, there wasn't that complete confidence of, we have the team to do this. We're going to go out and try and win a cup. It's kind of a, well, let's see what happens. Um, so I think management is more on the side that they need to, um, as uh, Berkey had termed it, retool the team, not rebuild, retool, um, with the hopes that Crosby mainly would stay on to uh, for this retooling uh, there I I just you know what there's part of me the first thing I thought was he's he's the kind of guy that would be like a lifetime penguin like play it's it's a pretty rare and special thing to play your entire career with one team but at the same time he's also the one of if not the most competitive guy in the league and if you tell a guy like that well we're going to be we're going to be a shitty team for a little while but it's because we're trying to get better for the future that's his his drive is not going to let that fly like he can't just sit back and lose games so I, I could see I could see him if they decide to do a, a rebuild uh, him Maybe, hey, give me an opportunity to go somewhere else, but I could also see the side of him staying. So I'll, I'll challenge you on that because um, I think that you can sell Sidney Crosby a, a bit of a package that's, hey, you know, we might not be great for three or four years, but you can go out as 40-year-old Sidney Crosby winning a cup with a new core. You know, kind of kind of that package of, that because that, that will really cement kind of his legacy if he sticks there through a retooling rebuild and and goes out on top i think that's a that's an attractive package for a guy like sid yeah um, i but I, if you, I just don't know like it's that what if right like it's that you, you it's hard to win a cup in this league especially nowadays it's that slim chance that oh at the 40 you can win a cup where it's okay you're we're gonna be bad almost guaranteed for the next three or four years that's the guaranteed part with the hopes the the chance that we could win get to the point where you're still here and we can win another cup that's i i I think he's a smart enough guy that's going to cross his mind and um who who knows what they've his plans are like only he really knows what he wants to do but i I just look at that type of mindset of win, drive, like compete. That's not the kind of guy that's going to, oh yeah, let's trade away Malk and Latang and uh, like just start from scratch. But here, said you, you kind of hang around and teach these young guys what they need, need to know. I, I, he's not, I don't, I don't see him as that kind of guy, but I, I don't know him. So I could be wrong. Yeah. I see what you're getting at. Like, 
he's he's a competitive guy. He goes to the rink early. He stays late. Like he's the guy that wants to grind, grind, grind. Right. Even if he's yeah. forty, so he's going to be like Yogs, you know, in the room. He's going to work his bag off. But at some point, like what you're saying, he's not going to be happy with. And no offense to Jr., but like the Jeremy Roenick role that he had with the Sharks, you know, fourth liner, just the energy guy, having a good time playing hockey, just enjoying the game. I don't know that Sid is wired that way even a little bit. I don't think he could get to the non-competitive side of things and just, like you said, teach the young guys and just take a back, back seat and enjoy the game. That That's not his style from what I yeah. understand. The other kind of way I looked at that whole situation there uh, with Burke and Hextall coming in is what are those two guys, like what do they bring to the table and what does that team need? Because that team has no, they don't have very many prospects um they've got an aging core so like in terms of retooling how do you get that done and and what does Hextall and Burke bring to the table and we know that Burke is a can run the trade wire better than anybody he he does really well with trades and Hextall does really well with drafting so kind of those two guys I think it's a really interesting um formula that they're they're kind of bringing in there but also entertaining enough both guys really struggle with goaltending so, which is a big problem for that team. So I think they, the position they're in, it, it's going to be fun to watch, you know? You don't really kind of think about how big of an impact those two roles have sometimes, but I think it's going to be really fun to watch them kind of going forward. Yeah, especially. And, and speaking of competitive people, I mean, those two, it would have been fun to watch them play together uh, on a real team, but they get to do with the other half of it, be in the front office together, so... I'm sure there's probably going to be some hilarious uh, snippets that come out from behind closed doors about <laughs> bullshit that they're slinging around. Uh, oh, I bet. <laughs> to be a fly on that wall, right? All right, so we're talking about shakeups with the Penguins. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, coaching change in Montreal. So one of the interesting things that I heard over the uh, last couple weeks, uh, or last week, I should say, about, about this is... And, and this was a perspective that I, I don't think I had even thought about. Talking about COVID hockey, right, and the divisions where you're only playing within your, you know, seven to eight teams over and over and over and over and over again. Um, you have a unique chance not only to make the playoffs as a good team in a bad division or, you know, a mediocre team in a mediocre division, you have a really good chance of making the playoffs. And then on top of that, you have a great chance at making, you know, the final four um, based on your division. And somebody had brought up the fact that well, it was their I don't know if it was their GM or president of hockey ops, basically just said straight up, no, this is a unique situation where we are competitive. We are one of the top teams in the North division. And we see a unique opportunity here to push and to try to win and to try to do better on a short leash because the season is so short. Um, and while a lot of teams, I think, you know, are just, I wouldn't, I don't know if complacent's the right word, but they're just like willing to just see what happens, right? We talked about the Penguins and how Berkey and Hextall just want to see what's going to happen, see how they produce as they head towards trade deadline, and then they figure out what they need to do, or even till next season. Teams that are competitive or close to that, you know, top echelon bubble, are push, 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 or should be push, 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 and do anything you possibly can to get that extra head. And so I appreciate the Montreal coaching change for that fact that they know that their competition is is Toronto, and if they want to win this division and win 
or get a chance at the cup they have to go through toronto and they have to do everything they can to be better than they are right now um i don't know if you guys can think of another team that is has done anything at to this point in the season to try to make that extra push um like i said just because the odds are a little more in your favor even if you are a mediocre team um, yeah, I think, I mean, because we, we kind of ended up, I mean, with the shortened season, it went from, you know, starting out the season, let's see what we got, let's see where we are, and then all of a sudden, switch flipped and we're halfway there. And now you're thinking, if you're in one of those positions where you're ready to make a run, you're going to try and make those moves, kind of like Vancouver last year, um, adding to Foley kind of late. So it, it, it is really interesting to see kind of which teams are in a in one of those positions based on their division, not being, you know, being like you said mediocre team bad division or a good team in a bad division um but no i mean i i don't think i think teams are still kind of sitting on their heels and and we know nhl gms are don't really like to to take too many risks so i was i was surprised that montreal made that move i kind of wanted to talk about this but then the move was made about will teams really make coaching changes with everything happening and everything coming up as far as the expansion going into next year um, I- so yeah, I, I can't think of any. I don't think a lot of teams will just because with the COVID protocols. I think the only reason this one was made and not, I, I think it's uh, the COVID, oh, we've got a better chance because we don't have Tampa or Boston or division. I think that's a, a part of it that obviously they want to compete. But I think this was, this is a last ditch effort to, for, Mark Bergevin to save his skin, stay in that job for as long as he can. Um, there's been rumors swirling for years of him getting kicked out of that position. Uh, he's, I guess he's said for a, for a long time that uh, Duharm, uh, Ducharme is the guy he wants. He's listed as the interim head coach, but uh, Bergevin was not shy in saying that if he does well, the job is basically his to lose. Uh, um, the the other side of it is I, I, that I I saw a stat the other the other night. Montreal Canadiens spent more money than any team this past off season. They spent over a hundred million dollars this past off season. So if you spend that amount of money and you're not performing, uh, that's not really the the coach's fault. That's if if I'm ownership, I'm looking to the GM like, okay, you spend a hundred million dollars of my money. Where's the production? Like you're, uh, yeah, sure the coach has to get them to play, but you're the guy spending this money. So that doesn't look good on him. So he's he, he's making moves to try and save his skin and. Um, I think they had the right opportunity with Ducharme being their uh, AHL coach. So he was already in the COVID protocol. It's not going to take long to get him into the room with the other guys. Um, I don't think a lot of other teams have that option or want to go that route. Maybe uh, there's another coach some team might want, but he'd have the year you. It, it might be an awkward situation. Okay, either you let your coach go, 
wait two to three weeks for the new coach to come into the the bubble or your your team's COVID protocol, and then oh Toronto just scored another one, uh, <laughs> and uh, or you bring the this new coach into the bubble two weeks beforehand or into quarantine two weeks beforehand while you let the existing coach still coach and if that gets out hey they're they're setting this guy up in quarantine hey what's going on like am I getting fired here and it's kind of an awkward situation so I don't think a lot of teams are going to make a lot of coaching changes but that one was they they had the right um were in the right position to make it and Bergevin needed to make that yeah definitely Mikey, I couldn't tell if your face froze, like the the video feed froze, because you were just like in shock for like a good couple minutes there. Uh, Mr. Nylander uh, making his presence known, which has been more and more of a thing lately, uh, which is a good thing for Toronto. You want to uh, commentate <laughs> that one? <laughs> uh, let let the erection settle down a little bit, fellas. Um, yeah. No, he just little. wheels in, backhand right over his shoulder. It's a it's a beaut. Willie yeah, just, uh, Willie Nylander's really really showing his stuff. Yeah, he's starting to come into his own for Toronto, which is a a good thing. But that was just a a good hustle play out, muscled the defender, made you know boxed him out, and just right handed roofie. Um, to to touch on uh, on Montreal again, it's always entertaining when a GM has his AHL coach and brings him in. Um, but in, in general, the, the whole interim thing, I, I do think it's funny when they say, because they usually say something like, oh, he, it's his job to lose. I mean, yeah, you're going to say that because you don't want to, you want to, you know, show that you believe in the guy. But, you know, how often do they really think that? So, uh, you know, well, it's, this, it's something to watch I, out for. I, this is, he's, this is he's definitely pretty, their guy. Uh, yeah. I, I think this is a different situation. I know a lot of times that happened. Uh, he, he's got the opportunity, but it was the press conference that Bergman had, he was not shy about saying that he is the new coach. Now, I don't know if they wanted to keep that, in, maybe ownership uh, kind of mandated the interim tag uh, just because, okay, well, listen, let's be honest, Bergman, if this doesn't go well, we might be letting you go. And he's... Uh, the new GM is going to pick his own guy, so let's leave it as an interim for now. Yeah. But because they, they had a really good start, Montreal. That, yeah, Montreal had a really good start, and then they they really fizzled for about ten games. That's kind of what led to this uh, this decision. But what, what's next for Claude Julien? He's definitely a capable coach. He's uh, was he a Cup winner with Boston? Uh, yes, he was. Yeah, so I mean, I, I you got to think oh, yeah. he, if he wants to coach again, he'll be able to coach again. I mean, oh, absolutely. The, every team loves. I mean, as soon as you win a uh, yeah. a cup, you're pretty much guaranteed more work, just because every team wants to bring that in that experience. A la, you know, John Tortorella. Not that he's not a capable coach. You got to think he's Seattle's definitely living off that. Uh, you got to think Seattle's hitting the hitting the the dial quick for Claude Julian's agent right now. That would be a. Uh, is is he the right guy to, to lead a group like that though? I I think you. I I don't see why not. Like, 
you basically, if he gets in now, it's kind of a, an, a unique position I think any coach would want because you would have your input to start a team from scratch. You work with you get to work with Ron Francis on essentially creating your own fantasy team. I think any coach would love to be in that situation. Right, any armchair GM's fantasy, every GM's fantasy, every coach's fantasy exactly. would just say, "Yeah, we get to go out and make a team. This is going to be fun." Yeah, I mean, there's no bad I was gonna contracts say, to start with. Yeah, right. I was going to say Torts, you know, in Seattle, but I don't know if he's a Seattle guy. That's uh. Might be a little hard nosed for the for the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, so we've been t- Duncan. You mentioned earlier the uh, the hundred million spent in the off season. So you had brought up in our group chat that Arizona was in some uh, financial uh, I would turmoil, maybe is the right word, um, or unrest. Uh, you want to elaborate on that? Yeah. So there's. Um, Katie Strang of The Athletic put out a, uh, um, I don't know if expose is the right word or... Nice um, name drop. A piece, uh, a p- uh, yeah, uh, uh, a piece on the, uh, uh, some financial, I don't, I don't want to say issues that, but questions that she had brought up with the Arizona Coyotes. So uh, a couple times, like, or the, the... They're the teams per diem, the players. So per diem is the money the players get for each day for being on the road, which is set in the CBA. It has to be given to a players by a specific point in time, and that was late several times. The I guess last year the players' bonuses were late getting to them, um, and there's a few other things. The big one was there's a uh, hockey... I can't remember the exact name of it, but a, a hockey development fund that it, every team has. And basically its main point is to fund youth hockey or um, expand hockey in the communities of these NHL cities. And So the, so the Austin Matthews Fund? Yeah. Gotcha. The, okay. The... The, there were questions or rumors that funds of that money had been misallocated, um, which is a very if interesting accusation or question. The, the, that's not something I think Arizona wants to get involved in. If you're taking uh, cookies out of a cookie jar that's not yours, that's that's not a, a, a good thing to be uh, exposed of. Um, now the NHL had said they're not in, they're not doing an investigation into this. Um, but I'm I know the NHL kind of likes to keep their their dirty laundry in house, so I'm sure they're they are looking into it. Um, it, they're they're with this new ownership. I, I, there's been a lot of weird stuff happening. Like now we don't have all the details behind the John Chica situation where he left uh, suddenly and just wanted to get out of there. But ever since this new ownership came in, it's uh, it's it's been a little little shady. 
Yeah, and as far as the NHL is concerned, that's the last thing they want for Arizona. Like, they, you know, I mean, to be fair, they struggled when they first came into the league. It's just not a big market. They finally, like, established themselves. They're starting to get, you know, more following. And, you know, this is just going to make it worse uh, and take them back to hopefully not the level they were when they first entered the league. But um, so if I'm not mistaken, the ownership is in casinos uh, as his, uh, I would call it, day job. Um, And uh, I heard something interesting about the basically the city or the state is looking into sports gambling and part of the new addendum to this new law that's coming into into play is you know like california the indian casinos if you're you know you can run a casino with that kind of heritage and then they're adding sports teams as to that as a uh, you know additive or whatever you want to call it so basically because he runs casinos as it is the sports betting in Arizona can go through him as the owner of the sports team. Uh, yes. Which is very, seems very sketchy and, you know, too in-house. Uh, but that could produce a lot more money for not only him, but the franchise to be able to stay and be established and create those ranks and create more communal outreach and things like that. Uh, but I, yeah, it still feels very sketchy. Like, oh, we threw this little law in to try to help you. <laughs> yeah, um, I kind of like the idea I, of a uh, of a, a hockey mob in Arizona. That's uh, that'd be a good uh, Godfather Four or whatever. whatever what, would, what would they be called? Right? Not you know, what the Desert Dogs? I mean, it's got to be something better. Than that. <laughs> yeah, we we could think of something. You know, that kind of writes itself though. Yeah, all right. We'll we'll think on it. We'll come back to it. Um, the w- one thing I will say it, it is I don't know if when that uh, bylaw or agenda was passed about the the sports betting and it I'm just wondering if it was talked about beforehand and this that's the reason why that ownership is invested in the hockey, but not not so much. Though that we want to own a hockey team, but this is kind of our ticket to getting into the sports betting in or casino game in Arizona, and uh, well, it's just kind of the price you pay to get that, and they don't really necessarily care. I don't actually know the answer to that, but from what I heard, it sounded like it was more of a recent thing that was added. But that is a good point that. With new ownership coming into Arizona, it could have been this like additive sweetener for him to really push to you know acquire that team. Uh, that's a good point. Still, yeah. again, back to the sketchy. <laughs> Seems a exactly. little uh, too good. Uh, all right. So uh, one one thing I just kind of want to talk about quickly, and I, I know we don't really have it on our notes, but and it's it's been talked about talked about a lot but I, I don't think we've ever talked about it is um, just one thing I thought of watching the Toronto Edmonton game this has got to be Toronto's year to go for it all I'm I'm looking at their cap and the contracts that they have for next year they have going into next year 600 almost 70 million already allocated for next year 
with 10 roster spots to fill. So the upper cat limit is 81 and a half. So you've got, they've got roughly 13 million to uh, sign 10 guys. And that includes, they're losing Frederick Anderson, who's their, their number one goalie. He's up for contract. Um, who's, if they want to keep him, he's going to need a bigger raise than the $5 million that he was currently getting. Uh, Travis Dermont's an RFA. He's going to want to raise. Um, I don't know if he, I think he's going to have arbitration rights uh, after this season as well. Uh, then Zach Hyman's a UFA. He's going to want more than the two and a quarter he's getting. So the, you, you sign those three guys, and that's going to be to what they're owed and probably what they're, they're worth. That's going to put you at or over the cap already with without filling the rest of your roster of five or six guys that you need. So, it, Yeah, I, that's, that's kind of been the, the temperature around that. That's been the temperature around that team. I mean, it's kind of this year. If they don't put something serious together, you got to think they're thinking of, of shaking up that core a little bit. Um, but who do they move? So, so here here's the situation. Like, who do you who do you move? Like, Nylander's obviously the most attractive contract for other teams. But do you want to keep that contract because it? it's exactly what it is it's attractive he's producing right now do you move your captain John Tavares like or like even like I can't see them moving Matthews like that's I can't see that happening I can't see them moving it's possible they move Tavares I don't know I Marner I I can't see them doing that either but it's it's just one of those I things. I think Nylander and Marner are the two that you're looking at first. I yeah. agree with you. I think that they, they will keep Matthews. I think Matthews is coming out as the heir apparent to, to Alex Ovechkin in terms of kind of that perennial Richard guy. Mm-hmm. And and Tavares, I think, I think he provides a lot more than just the points with them. I, I think he, being their captain, I think uh, that C really, really, you know, uh, represents more than just his role. So I, I think those two are kind of the ones you keep. Um, but they, they've got a lot of work to do. And, and it, it's interesting, their their GM situation with Dubas, he kind of inherited this, but also kind of had a um, a big hand in it. So you're thinking too, like if, if this really goes south on them in a few years or just if they wash out of the first round and then kind of make terrible moves in the offseason, you got to think of his job's on the line. Yeah. So, it's going to be a team that, Three like you said, leaves, this the is their shot. <laughs> yeah, I just saw the goal. God, you could give me, you could give me twenty seconds. Jeez, I know we talked about this before. We really got to like synchronize the timestamps before we like start recording. But this is all oh, trickles just, in. Son of a just bitch, torture Mikey a little bit. Fuck uh, you guys. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, the the question to like who are they going to keep, who are they going to get rid of is really going to be answered by the list of who they leave exposed uh for the for the expansion draft, right? Like those are the list of guys that are uh just on the chopping block, right? So, like just to kind of hold on one sec. So, if I'm the Leafs, who 
who am I protecting? Like, what option am I taking? Okay, so obviously, like, so Tavares has no move. They're protecting him. Matthews, they're protecting. Uh, Marner, Nylander, uh, Muzzin, Riley. It, you don't, what are the, for goaltending, what are they doing? Like, which goaltender are they protecting? Are they re-signing Anderson, do you think? Are they, do they think, Campbell's their guy, maybe going forward, and there's their some of their cap freedom. They're out of that five million for Campbell or Anderson. Campbell's one point six for another year, so they push it off their cap issues for another year. Do they think he's that guy? I don't know. What do you guys think? In in terms of goaltending, I don't think we're going to see Anderson resign during the season. Uh, I don't think they're that committed to him. I think. Uh, he's going to need to have a big season and run for them to even think about re-signing him. Uh, their farm system, I know they've got a lot of... They brought in a few guys from Russia. So you got to think that of those 10 or 13 spots you, you mentioned, probably three or four are going to guys currently in the AHL or prospects. But it, it's tough. I mean... Yeah, I, I think I just... I don't see them re-signing taking care of that Anderson deal until the offseason. I think they really want to... I, I still don't think they, they know really what they have in him. I And same with Campbell. I don't, I don't think anybody's sold on that guy. I So, I could see them letting Anderson walk. Like, they're, that... It's... Like, you kind of... You like the guy as your goalie, but that cap freedom... Well, what's it going to take to keep him? Exactly. That cap freedom it, It's going to really take attractive. five by six? Five by five? Oh, no. Yeah, more I than mean, that. That's, because he, well, he's getting sell. five this year, right? So he's... If he's Frederick Anderson... Has he proved Anderson, he's worth more than that? It, I, I think he has. He's He's been their their number one guy. Like, I don't... Off the top of my head, I can... I can t- tell you in a second, like, what are his statistics are, but... Um, I mean, we know he hasn't won in the playoffs. Um, they give up a lot of shots, so he makes a lot of saves, and, and they score a lot of goals, so he has wins. But So, I mean, the stats are going to tell you only so much, but, I mean, what's what's a guy like that kind of worth? I mean, Markstrom's making is, is on 5x5, five five and, you know, he was so the best candidate. In five games of the playoffs last year, he had a 936 save percentage and a 184 goals against average. So the team just hasn't gotten it done around him. Yeah, and the playoffs before that, he had a 9.22 save percentage and a 2.75 goals against average. So those are solid playoff so he, numbers. So he's doing everything except the wins. Yeah, so he, he's he's a... I, I can see him asking for um, Markstrom money, six. Six by six, six by seven. What's how how old is is Freddie? He is uh, thirty one, which is oh, that's peak age for a goal. Yeah, that's that's that age. Yeah, right. So, but that so, you're you're putting any any team in a tough position asking for six million dollars at thirty seven years old. But that's but, but that's that's the, kind of the norm now, you know. Yeah, yeah, and there's a lot of teams out there that need a goalie. I mean, and, and I, I mean, I think, I think it'd be really interesting off the top of my head just to see if Minnesota kind of takes a step forward this year. I think that would be a really interesting move, getting them a number one guy. Yeah, that's kind of solidified in that role. 
just off the top of my head. They have taken a step forward recently. So, I mean, how many are they on? Five game win streak? About, uh, what about Edmonton? Like, he, I, yeah. I can't see uh, them wanting to, like, they're not going to re sign Smith again. I think they are regretting that decision. I don't. I'm not really sure why they made that decision to begin with of giving him another year. I think it, his one year there kind of showed he wasn't the caliber he, he used to be, especially it happens with his age. He's 38. Koskinen's got one more year left after this year. They're, they'll be glad to get rid of that contract. Um, yeah. Edmonton's so an option. I think uh, I think LA is an interesting option too if they get rid of Quick and because they're starting to show what they can do. So if a good LA team in uh, two or three years, so the, that could be an interesting option. Sorry, just to touch on Edmonton again, but you go back to Edmonton, they're kind of in the same boat, if not worse, than Toronto um, for cap space. Like, hey, yeah, let's go out and get a $6 million goalie. All right, well, who are we moving out to get them? I guess uh, Larson's yeah, up for contract. Are they bringing hit? Are they bringing Larson back? Are they bringing Barry back? Um, uh, Jujar Kara's up for a deal. He's got arbitration rights. Chase on. He's probably going to walk. Nugent Hopkins. Nugent Hopkins is a UFA after this year. There's that'll be an interesting he, contract. That's because he was getting uh, six. I think it was six by eight. Or six by five, maybe. The his last contract is six million, six million a year. But is he is he worth a raise? Like I, I'd say he's probably around the same. But does he want to stay with the team? Does he want to go somewhere else? I don't know. All right. Sorry. There's a long pause. To uh, crack that. Perfect. Actually, you know what? To be honest, looking at Edmonton's, looking at Edmonton's contracts, they're they're uh, other than the James Neal deal, which expires two years after this year, they're not looking too bad. Like, you take Adam Larson's contract out. Like, don't re-sign him. Tyson Berry, I don't know if they want to give him up. Then once you're free of Koskinen, I think Edmonton Edmonton could be in a good position to make some big, big off-season moves and signings. Yeah, definitely. All right, so I think this is a good well, place fun. to uh, let all the people know that we are a part of the Titan Cast Network. Yeah, Titan Cast Network. There it is. And uh, which is a part on of Titan the Media Collective. Titan Media Collective. Yes, there we go. Uh, clearly, I'm still remembering who we, who, what the umbrella we live under. And, you know, anyway. So we're going to go over to one of our fellow podcasts that hopefully you will go and check out that may tickle your fancy. Hey, what's up? I'm Jess. And I'm Shauna. And we're the hosts of Cheers to Beers. A beer podcast run by two beer professionals. We're certified Cicerones, craft beer judges, and founders of Seattle Beer School. 
we interview brewers. Basically, it was kind of like drinking sherry. <laughs> yeah, at that point. But like, I don't know, sherry's pretty good though. <laughs> and after you're freaking 20 Orvals in, you're yeah, like, like who, care, who cares at this point? <laughs> Artists who work for breweries. Was it literally like Mirror Pond, Lou Pepe Creek. There was like no middle ground. That's great. Bartenders, management, and everyone in between. We're not German. Well, Wait, what is it? Your last name? My last name is Keller, so I guess I, I have <laughs> some German blood in me. <laughs> but Keller beer, it's your beer. It is my beer. And sometimes it's just us waxing poetic. More like unable to shut up. About everything beer. How far do you think you could throw a pumpkin? Mm. Like I'm talking like a jack-o'-lantern size. <laughs> I don't know, 40 feet? Is that, 40 feet? <laughs> is that far? Yes. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're some sort of monster. Want to learn more about craft beer in all its glory? Or maybe you're new to beer and want a comfortable place to learn more. We got you. Catch us every other Wednesday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Cheers! Alright, so now to the bread and butter of today's episode. We haven't got there yet? Oh, no, no. I mean, we got your smooth, buttery, sexy voice, but... That's the butter we've what had What kind so of far. bread, though? We're we're going sourdough. Sourdough. Mm, oh okay. fuck yeah, sourdough. Yeah. All right. So we're going from the sourdough <laughs> to the garlic bread. <laughs> Ooh, garlic cheesy sourdough, bread, if you will. Garlic sourdough cheesy bread. Oh yeah. Maybe a little clam chowder. Now you're bowl. talking. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway. Uh, now we're talking. Uh. So, Mikey, Tahoe. We drove out to Tahoe. We knew we probably weren't going to get anywhere near the rink. We were right. <laughs> so we spent some time out on the beach, got to watch a big C-130 fly over and cruise around the lake for a little while. Uh, highlights of the weekend. And then we'll get into the game. Yeah, I think uh, I think we really showed our uh, our podcast rookiness. Is that the right way to put it? noviceness rookie yeah definitely we Novice, are, yeah. are new new to the new to the uh to the interactive media game because um if you watch the broadcast you saw a fellow with a golden knights flag in a kayak wearing a uh, chicago wolves jersey and we actually chatted that dude up uh before he went into the water we and we kind of looked right at him and we yeah. looked at each other yeah and we were like god damn it that guy's a fucking genius um so we didn't uh, get his number we didn't get a picture with him um because you know, we were so starstruck, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was such a cool weekend. I mean, I've been to Tahoe, you know, once a year, twice a year, my entire life. And I've never seen a speck of, of, of hockeyness there. And it was so cool to see the entire kind of all of South Lake was decked out with hockey stuff. All the, the electronic billboards, you know, welcome NHL teams, you go into the casinos and they have, every team's banner it was uh it was a cool i don't know just just reflection on on hockey culture how far it's come and and everybody was around just wearing their jerseys walking around having a good time oh, god it was uh it was pretty special um kind of something that you didn't really see on the the broadcast which uh the optics on that were just some of the the most gorgeous pictures i'd ever seen it's god, probably yeah. the the prettiest sports venue I mean, if you guys are on Reddit, there's there's stadium porn, and uh, this definitely uh, got my upvote. I would so. I, I would I would assume it just flooded that thread. Uh, yeah, just 
like you said, the visuals and the, the ability to create the custom look, right? You're not stuck to a football stadium. You're not stuck in a baseball stadium where all the cameras are pre-positioned. And just that look across the rink with the sunset coming down in the Boston-Philadelphia game. I know the shadows were kind of a pain in the ass, even for the viewers to see the puck. But, I mean, wow. Like, it was just stunning. Uh, and, Duncan, I, I, I would assume you watched the games. Uh, what was your opinion in, uh, of the broadcast? Well, first of all, I'd like to say I'm a little salty right now that you guys got to go, but I was stuck in the quarantine of the Arctic. Sorry, buddy. Uh, no, I'm uh, not. Uh, 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 that must have been a cool experience. Um, it it looked like even on TV, like that was it, it was a cool experience. I. It's a tough thing to do in a regular year, but I kind of wish the league would do more stuff like this without fans because it just it gives you more of that feeling that you get to experience more of the atmosphere on TV anyway. But it's it's I understand the league's all about making money and you want to make money, you bring fans to the games to buy tickets and buy food, buy merchandise, whatever, but um, it was still still pretty cool to watch. Yeah, I mean, you can still sell merch. They're still selling tons of merchandise for that event. It's all over. I got on NHL.com just to see what was there, and there's Pox t-shirts, all kinds of crap, you know, oh, yeah. the patches and all that. But, yeah, I, I would love to see them do something like that where they, you know, I mean, we're in COVID times, right? Grab, you know, a bunch of nurses and and medical professionals from, you know, at Barry is the wrong place, but maybe just local areas or even fly them out from, you know, Colorado, Vegas, you know, Boston, Philadelphia, bring them to a special event where, you know, they have two, 3,000 people and you put up, you know, high school grandstands and, you know, you put them just underneath the cameras so you still get that epic visual of the lake and that kind of stuff, but you still have some fans there to make some noise and, and you know, highlight some... Uh, you know, heroes of our, our time at the moment, but, you know, I'd love to see them do something like that where it's it's a unique event where they bring people in, but it, not a raffle or a, you know, lottery of season ticket holders, but, you know, highlighting some group that's, you know, done something special for the communities of the teams that are playing. Yeah, and then uh, bring in another 150 people and charge them, you know, five grand a ticket, call it good, you know? Just milk them. Yeah. But in, in, in terms of revenue, I wonder grand, if they but could. I'd have been interested. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but in terms of revenue, I wonder if they could, because um, the US TV deal is up after this season, I wonder if they could um, sign something on with uh, whoever their next TV deal is saying, hey, pay us this much extra and we'll put on three more or like one more of these types of events you know, on, the, on the shores of Lake Louise or... Uh, like Michigan or Salt Lake or something, you know, kind of incentivize that with the TV deal. I wonder if that's something they could pull off. Yeah, I'd love to see them get rid of the stadium series and, and go for something like that. You know, what was the slogan? What, the oh, Jesus, we were there and I don't even know the name of the event. It was like NHL Outdoors or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that to me sings way better than, you know, an NHL stadium series. Do the do the Winter Classic, do the vintage game, or the Heritage game, I should say, and then, you know, go find a random lake. 
maybe this time it'll actually be frozen and uh who was it that was so bummed they weren't playing on the lake maybe he'll get his you know his wish yeah <laughs> yeah but kudos uh kudos to the nhl for uh you know trying something new yeah go uh, we all know the kind of yeah and and you know you gotta you gotta also give a shout out i think it was the bruins uh showing up in the the 90s kind of ski attire oh, yeah. uh big fan i uh i wanted all their outfits so you know that was that was a nice touch on them it's, it's nice to see uh in general it's nice to see hockey players actually showing some personality because uh, they don't get to do that ever i mean i i <laughs> Watching pasta at the end of the game with his shades on, <laughs> just I, I I was a little upset because I missed Barbie Girl and so you Barbie guys Girl. ruined that for me. Uh. Now I don't know what's going to be on when I come back in. <laughs> have yes. you have you guys seen that Dunkin' Dural, uh, Dunkin' Donuts commercial, the new one with the like the the bubble hockey players? And it's I like have, yes, I I I've seen it a million times, but without audio. <laughs> oh my god it's glory you gotta listen because it's actually i can't remember who it is it's like oshi and one of the like goalies they're like talking about like i i don't even remember what they're talking but all i remember is it's pasta and he's trying to get the puck in the corner he's like what the heck is going on <laughs> yeah i think i did see that one it, oh, little man, help. It's i can only glorious. get so close <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, no. All in all, it was a it was a cool event. Um, any other kind of kind of thoughts on it? I I'm just you know I'm just kind of blown away by kind of how I mean even even with the uh, the snafu obviously with the sun, um, I'm blown away by by kind of how cool of a, an atmosphere they created. Um, so kudos to the NHL, kudos to Tahoe. Uh, except, uh, you know, their security was a little tight. Would have liked it if uh, if they didn't uh, give so many shits about intruders. So, right. What a, I would have appreciated yeah. if we had drove past the front gate and there weren't eight sheriff cars parked in front. Uh, and, you know, a sheriff stationed in the uh, entrance booth with the other guy. Like, yeah, they could have just, you know, looked the other way and let us all just, you know, crash the ring. Yeah, we're, uh, we're too old and, and, and not drunk enough to get... Uh, get arrested for trespassing so uh well that. and that might be our fault but <laughs> oh man yeah I, I it was like you said it was very cool to see you know not only the fans of the teams that were playing but a lot of jerseys of other teams that weren't um, just hanging out in tahoe and even i mean covid is a big buzz thing right now and you know a lot of people would not have even attempted what we did just to be in North Shore to go watch the game for a little while and, you know, whether it was at the casino or, you know, in our own cabin. But, you know, there were quite a few people just milling around and enjoying the, the events. And, yeah, it, it's, always, it's always nice to see other hockey fans out and about and enjoying something special. Yeah, it, it would have been cool to see kind of what they would have done fan engagement wise if there wasn't COVID, if they could have a bit of a carnival or some more merch booths. Um, but Willsey, I, I think I saw a little bit of a uh, penis envy with you. You got a little, uh, you got a little Jersey green envy uh, with that Kale McCarr Jersey that we saw. In the oh, casino. oh, yes. It's finally sold me. Not only. Okay. I love those jerseys. I've always said that I love those jerseys. Uh, the Nordiques jerseys in general were just beautiful. 
the reverse retro with these jerseys are just amazing in my mind. Uh, and I've been a Makar fan pretty much since I saw him, you know, at the Sharks playoff game when he just came into the league and just said, yeah, fuck it. I'm not going to be out of place and I'm going to be amazing. Here we go. Uh, and then he continues to show how amazing he is. That move along the blue line to just, I don't even know who it was. He basically pulled him right out of right out of their shorts, just stepped right across the blue line one, made one move, stepped, stopped, and went right back the other way. Just the silkiness of his skating and that transition. Yeah, clearly full chub over here over Kale McCarr. Um, <laughs> and Can we I also... Can we also appreciate um, Alex Petrangelo hopping on the ice? You know, cup winner, <laughs> Norris candidate, yeah. hopping on the ice, sees Nathan McKinnon coming down at him at full speed and goes, oh, boy. Oh, boy. And then gets scored on. <laughs> Absolute sniped. That was uh, that was a highlight of that game for me, I think. Oh, 100%. That was that was pretty. Oh, man. But, yeah, I'm I'm on the hunt for a Kale McCarr jersey. I know we don't maybe don't have a lot of listeners right now, so if somebody's in Colorado and can help me find uh, an authentic Kale McCarr reverse retro jersey, I would be very grateful. Uh, I'm going to send Putting the, the word out on a manhunt next month when she heads out there. They can reach out and get Do you at come Beneath back the Ice Podcast one. on Instagram, on Twitter, Beneath the Ice Podcast at gmail.com. Any, any hits out there for you, uh, you readers at home? Yes, yes, yes. Beneath the Ice podcast on all social medias, you'll eventually find us. That would be... You'd make my life. Put it that way. I think that's worth at least a little hand jibber behind the gym, yeah? Oh, yeah. Probably. Someone gets you a camel car jersey? Probably. Hell yeah. Probably. Yeah. They, they can be our first interview. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> this is so-and-so. Nice to meet you. How are you doing? Good? Great. Click. End of interview. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Hit all the points. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's next? Oh, I don't know if we have much left uh, other than, uh, uh, you know what, let's get into our recurring, our, our recurring, non-recurring uh, title of uh, On the Way Up and On the Way Down. So I will go with On the Way Up. We got Minnesota, who has, what, a five-game winning streak right now? At least. And maybe maybe that was uh, a day old or they lost yesterday or something. I don't remember. I know they were playing a good team. There's a high likelihood they were going to lose. But five games in a row, that's pretty pretty good, uh, especially playing, you know, two or three teams in your division. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? I think Ooh. Minnesota's a six-game win streak now. Oh, that means they – who did they play? Vegas? Um. This is part of the episode where we have zero research and we're just going by the seat of our pants. Uh, no, that game's uh, a game still going on, but I think they. It says they have a six-game win streak, so if they beat Vegas, yeah. this will be seven. Nice. Good for them. Uh, on the way down, uh, Buffalo, healthy scratching. Uh, yeah. Jeff Skinner, three games in a row, sending a message. Holy hell. That uh, nine, nine million, million for one point. Nine billion dollars. Oof. That's an expensive ass contract. Expensive ass point. Here's where Mikey defends. Yeah, them. it looks like. <laughs> no, nah, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like, whoa, whoa. Um, 
turns out do you feel Ralph Kruger's not a not a good coach (laughs) I've been personally victimized by (laughs) you might have by the Buffalo Sabres yeah (laughs) ah that's um no I mean Ralph Kruger's just not a good coach it turns out that you can't uh you can't go from running a soccer team in Europe to coaching a hockey team in in Buffalo it it doesn't work out um, those don't translate because they've got the pieces it works for me on FIFA all the time yeah I have no issue. I mean, you know, it might surprise you to know that FIFA is not real life, my friend. <sighs> but, but football manager, that's the one you want if, if you really want to get deep. All right, um, all right. But no, he, uh, they, they've got the pieces. I mean, they've got, their, their D is, is a bit underrated. They've got, I mean, if you look at their top six, they've got producers. I mean, in theory, but when you're just, nobody's producing, nobody's uh, really playing to where they should. So, yeah, it, it's God. It's do it's you that put, Buffalo thing. Like, are they you just cursed? Put that. So my question though is, do you put that on the coach though? Like, you can say, oh yeah, they we've got all these players, but it's oh, it's the they're not producing it. it must be, it, it's the coach because you look at New Jersey last year. Everyone thought New Jersey was going to be great because they on paper they look like a great team. Um, they didn't. I can't. I don't think that's a coach's fault. You look at Montreal this year. Should no, but, but remind, remind me who's held accountable. I don't who think gets so. Fired? Who gets moved? It's the it's still the coach. No, the it's coach it's the fair. It's fair, but I, I I think I don't think there's enough accountability for the players. Like Skinner, you look oh, at no, there, there never is. Oak Post Skinner. Is well, he's he's been garbage candidate. for the last five years. Yeah. Um. But it's just I don't. Uh, I don't know what what's uh, going on there. I feel like there's too many just knee-jerk reactions from management of let's let's make this move rather than kind of I, I don't know. It's I I can't really tell you what's going on there. No, I mean I it, building a hockey team is hard. Yeah, and. You can you can have all the pieces. I mean, you look at a team like Vancouver to win a cup. You need a number one center, a scoring winger, a number one D, and a goalie. That's that's kind of your core, right? And and yep. you, you would think Vancouver has that, but look where they are this year. And then at the same time, look at some other teams that do win. I mean, you look at kind of St. Louis. They they brought in. They they had to go find that number one piece, and it took them. And same with Washington, and same with Tampa Bay. It took them five years really of of having that core and having those pieces and you know all you can do if you're a gm is give your core five or six years give them a shot and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and and for whatever reason it is not working in buffalo and you know there's where do you place the blame it's easy to put it on the coach they've been kind of going through gms but i mean in this current how long does it take for a for a GM to really make an impact on a team? Right. Two, three, four years. I mean, when, when you, I mean, look at Hextall in uh, in Philadelphia. Like yeah. the team that's there, he kind of he kind of builds, but he got fired two years ago. Yeah. So there's nobody really has a formula. Every, everyone's everyone's playing catch up with a team that won and then kind of faking it. And when you look at Buffalo. They've, I mean, God, Jack Eichel could be an MVP candidate. Rasmus Dahlin could be a Norris guy. They've got pieces, but it's not working. And and wh- who gets the axe first? It's going to be the coach. That's 
So that's kind of the way it works. I sent you guys a a little while ago a a thing I saw on Instagram that was Buffalo. What do they do with Jack Eichel? Oh yes. Like I I don't like obviously if you want to make a deal like you're gonna get a haul for that kind of guy that kind of player um, for nine that, million dollars in one point oh no Eichel's got more than one point how many's he got yeah uh, he's he's Five. got does he have I thought he has more than that I thought he was producing yeah, he no he's in the double digits he's somewhere. got double digits he's, he's right, 14 right, right. 16 18. yeah I mean I think Jack Eichel's a guy that if if He's on your team. You're glad he's on your team, and you want to keep him on your team. Um, but if he doesn't want to be there, it's it's hard. I mean, it, it's getting increasingly hard for guys to for teams to keep guys who don't want to be there. Yeah. So if he if he wants to be there and he's committed, I think you keep going with him. Oh yeah, obviously. Because uh, you know there, there's only but one or I, two generational talents, but he's right there. He's right under him. So. I, I think there's. There's a reason there's a lot of this discussion of him, what do they do with him? Because I don't think he's wants to be there anymore with the way, what he sees this, this team doing. Well, that's, that's yes. Going on the, going on his comments after every season where they suck. And he's like, you know what? I don't want to do this if we're going to suck. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I think he maybe maybe he was more optimistic at, at the beginning of this year with the signing of Hall. Like, there's a an elite and, winger that he can play in, with, right? Bringing in Eric Stahl and no, dream number two center, yeah, for anybody um, in the league. But maybe it's it's still not working. So anyway, but if but if you can't win with with Jack Eichel, what? What trade makes you your team that much better in... It, I mean, there's no way that you trade Jack Eichel and get better immediately. No, no. And I, I So, don't. What, what trade... How, like, what trade is going to make you better in two years, in three years, in four years than you would have been with Jack Eichel? That's, that's a tough one. The, yeah, it's, it's tough. But, again, like you said, it's hard to keep guys there that don't want to be there. Yeah. If he doesn't want to be there, then that's he's affecting. He's not just affecting his play; he's affecting the room. So you need to get that guy out, especially if, when you're the captain. Yeah. If you need to, if yeah. you, if you don't exactly, if you don't want to be there and you're the captain, you need to get that guy out immediately. Uh, and we can kind of there. There's been a lot of that lately. We could talk about that with um, Sam Bennett because I've got a, I've got some opinions on that. Like, just <laughs> get rid of the guy. I don't care if you. Um, lose the deal or get a bag of pucks for him. Like, you, you just just get the guy out of your room. If there's a guy that it's hard doesn't to get want rid to of a there. guy when he says I want out, and then he starts playing better than anybody else on the team. But he, he's not. He that that's well, he the did thing. there he, for a good stretch, and he's starting to taper. But not really. Like he had the one goal when they put him on the first line of after he made the request he came out they put him on the first line for one game and he had one goal and it was a goal where he just happened to be standing in front of the net all alone anyone could have scored that is nothing he i was gonna did. say so you're saying he it's just a goal that any of us could have scored Got exactly it. exactly he he did nothing and he hasn't done anything he's been 
what kind of message does that send to your other players? Okay, I can complain and whine that I don't like my ice time or anything, uh, and so and complain that I don't want to be here. So they give me more ice time. So your other your other other players on their team, what message does that send to them? That oh, if I complain and I can do whatever I want, I don't need to try, I don't need to produce, and all all I need to do is just go to the media. Yeah, so my, my question to you then, Duke, because you and I were talking a little earlier uh, when we were pirating a uh, little plug for CFBs, fantastic game. Um, they've got, obviously they've got Bennett who has said he wants out, but they also have Gaudreau and Monaghan, two core pieces who you think you think they're ready to move on from. These guys so. are good players. Like, real, like Gaudreau's a... a, a hundred point guy and Monaghan's a 30 goal scorer with Goudreau. Um, so so can I stop you right there? Have... Sorry. You say that with Goudreau. You like Chris Kunitz was a 40 goal guy with Crosby. It, it there's that Yeah, but they never tried they never tried to trade him and get a huge return. Exactly. They also never tried to trade him for peak value. Right. So the the question being you have these three talented guys that can add to a lot of teams. Why are they having such trouble moving them? Is it COVID year? Is it, I mean, it's it, because the, it's the NHL and it's really hard to move to make big trades because GMs are pussies. Like what I think, it? I think it's a little bit of that. I think, I don't think any GM wants to lose the trade because your fan base will uh, roast you. Um, but no, that's more just Canada. Some of the U.S. teams, you know, nobody will yeah. notice. But I, I think that because uh, it, it, it's been talked about, like after the last three playoffs of Monahan and Goudreau being invisible, um, they they need to go. And it, it happens every year after the playoffs. We need to get rid of these guys. And it, it, all the media talks about it. And it kind of fizzles out. They have a, a good start to the regular season. Sometimes they have a great regular season. The playoffs come and they play shitty again. Um, I think it's time to, especially because if it comes down to it, you, they're not going to re-sign these guys to what the the contract these guys want. Um, so you're are you going to let them walk through free agency? No, you, you need to are, go are any make of them a deal. Have to get something UFA, RFA? They're you they're gonna are be they UFA. Are they all UFA or gonna, are they gonna walk? They're gonna be I think they're gonna God, be God, Johnny Gaudreau is twenty seven? Yeah. Ugh, uh, now I feel old. Ugh, I don't like it. Yeah, a little bit. But how long has he been on the team? Ten years? <laughs> like, uh like eight. What did he at yeah, least he came eight. to the league real young? Eight or seven or eight years. Um right. We gotta but, get so, we gotta get Vinny in here because he was uh, he was the mascot for BU or B yo BC he'll kill yeah. me if I say BU uh, he was the mascot for yeah, BU when cool. Johnny Gaudreau was there so we, we gotta get him on the pod at some point yeah those, there's got to be some good stories in there exactly oh yeah um, but so after Gaudreau's got one more year after this year at six and three quarters he's UFA Monahan's got two more years at six point three seven five so. Goudreau's gonna Goudreau is gonna garner what Braden Point money like nine to ten, right? You'd think. It, it, you'd think so. Monahan, he's gonna want a raise. I don't think he 
deserves a raise, to be honest. Um, I, I, I don't think... I, personally, I think Johnny Gaudreau is an elite um, player, but he's not... I don't think he's your cornerstone guy. I think he's a no. We've a Taylor Hall. We've talked I think about you this. Put he's, him, he's you yeah, put he's him not with, the guy you build your team exactly. around. Exactly. You put him with someone, and he's an elite, elite scorer. He he's the he's the Phil Kessel when Phil Kessel was on Pittsburgh. You put him with Crosby or Malkin, he's going to get you forty or fifty goals or. 100 points but he's not you go you take him put him on Arizona he's not the the number one elite player by himself yeah yeah when I uh I did my be a pro in in the new shell and uh they brought him in at the deadline to play with me and uh, Panarin and uh, I won him the uh the Richard trophy the rocket trophy so uh you know he, he's a good player I can I can definitely confirm that he's a good finisher yeah yeah Finisher of hot if you're, if you're just setting him up. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Had to. It's too easy. Yeah, Duncan, I want to ask you this. So I know the microscope of Canada gets a little, uh, you know, zoomed in at times. Uh, with, you know, the Sam Bennett business at the beginning, is it? do you think it's taken a little bit of the pressure or the, you know, the focus off of, you know, the Gouteros and, and, and the lack of production or you know, even more production, just there's more drama elsewhere. So nobody's paying attention, right? Like even no. though the Scotiabank North is a whole focus right now. No, because he's not a star player. Like he hasn't been an elite scorer for okay. ever for the flames. So it's just another guy. Oh, I want out. Okay. Yeah. Well, whatever, but it's still, so it, it doesn't take Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> exactly. It, it doesn't take away from the pressure of the other players not producing, but it still does, I think, affect the team in that room. If you know there's a guy that that's in your room that doesn't want to be here, that's an outsider in your room. And that's going to mess up your whole dynamic of the, the team you're trying to build. Yeah, fair enough. I've I've been talking about that with the Sharks for a long time. Uh, I think you both listened to the Mario Ferraro uh, interview on Thirty One Thoughts uh, when he mentioned that the Sharks player text thread is not super active. Uh, you know, I was so shocked that you know they just don't hang out and you know don't have that family dynamic like you know a Washington or you know other teams that. Give yeah. a shit about each other. <laughs> I don't know where to yeah. go with that. I think it it used to, it, <laughs> I think it probably used to be like that in San Jose. I don't know. You guys would know more than I would, but it's. I think they. I don't know if you can blame management, but bringing in guys that maybe didn't fit with the chemistry and the um, brotherhood of the group. Yeah, I think that could be said about a lot of teams, but you know, you got. In that same breath, I would say, you know, you get rid of guys like Dylan, who are, you know, a team guy. He wants to be with everybody. He's not necessarily a glue guy, but he's the guy helping the glue guy. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, know, if, if Dylan was a was a better player, he would be a captain. He would. If Dylan oh, was a better player, he'd full on be captain of that team. I don't even know if he has to be a better player. I could see him wearing an A 
just being a mediocre player jumps because of who he is and his personality. But agreed. Yeah. I, I think he's a he's a valuable. I mean, he's he's one of those guys. I like. I know a lot of Sharks fans didn't, but I really like the way he plays. But I think he's just as valuable in that room. Yeah, uh, I wasn't a huge as fan far of his, his play, personality his, and him in the room. Had I known more then, uh, I would have been a lot more upset if we traded him. Yeah, yeah, I mean the Sharks have always had that issue, right? We, you know, had Setaguchi, and it's come out now what he was dealing with, and that's you know never something that was privy to the rest of the world. But you know, I don't know if it excuses the way he acted, but it sucks because you know that was just something in our locker room. And then we had Heatley, who was a bit of a diva, and we got Kaner now, and you know it just it creates separation when you have guys in your locker room like Dylan, like you know Keith Yandel. Uh, guys that just bring people together right they're just fun people to be around you know shane doan would be in that conversation it 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 it, it changes your room it changes the dynamic and i think that's the most underrated thing in the nhl that is not on any stat sheet that's not talked about i mean it's talked about but it's not in the media right like those guys that are are glue guys and guys that want to go do stuff go to dinner go grab a beer go hang out go you know the sharks had a paintball event scheduled by the management why is that not somebody on the team scheduling right like it should be things they go and do you know like like nhl you know on chell right hey we're gonna go see a movie you want to come like you're gonna pay for it great like go do that stuff as a team or as a group or a larger group within the team like it, it, you know to me that's that's what makes some of the better the teams excel like st louis blues when they won the cup that is a perfect example a team that was struggling but was still a family they were still guys that hung out and you know had fun off the rink and lo and behold they got their shit together they made a run at it and they got hot at the right time and mm-hmm. they wanted to fight for the guy next to them no matter how bad or how good they were. And, you know, the result was, you know, the ultimate prize, Lord Stanley. Yeah, and that's becoming more subtly obvious, especially with the Sharks, where you you get guys actively saying, like, oh, we need to stick up for each other. Or, you know, oh, we didn't like that hit and we didn't respond, or we need to respond. Um, it, it's a big problem because yeah. hockey is, is one of those sports. Obviously, it's it's like football where you're – you're going to war night in and night out and you need to be confident in the guys next to you that one, you're going to have their back and and they're going to have yours. And it's obvious, painfully obvious when a team like San Jose doesn't have that because I've, I've said this many times about them. They have two Norris guys one of the all-time great shutdown defensemen. They have five 30-goal scorers. They have a goalie that shouldn't be the worst damn goalie in the league. And when you have those pieces, it's easy to see why, why you know, Doug Wilson believes in this team. But there's clearly more going on to the point where they're not fighting for each other. They're not playing night in and night out for the guy next to them. And you can point out, you can very easily see when you just watch one of their games, you can point out specific guys who have that attitude. Yeah. 
Who is the kid that got the wheels beat off of him by Felino the other night? Kanishov. I've, I've really liked buddy, his play. I wish you're listening. Kudos. Stick taps. That was uh, very well done. You got the wheels beat off you, but he stepped up. Weird how that worked. Yeah. And who did who who did he fight? Uh, equal stick taps to him for being like this rookie. I'm beating the shit out of him. I, he's oh, he's cool. leaking. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pull yeah. up a little bit. You know, it was I don't I don't need enough. to I don't need to bury this guy. He got him twice. Stick taps off. to him. That's that's a yeah. I, I give that's him credit a, for that's that. A, that's too, a good that's a good vet move. You could tell he hit him. Bullet splattered across the visor. He hit him again. More blood. Again, more blood. And he starts to call the ref in. And the kid's like, No, don't. No, I want to keep going. <laughs> Buddy, you're leaking. You can't even see out of one eye because there's too much blood. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's one of those cool small moments that uh, that mm-hmm. speak loud to a lot of different things. Um, to the Sharks, to Kanishov, to, to Felino. Cool moment that was. I, I'm, I'm glad that, that kind of came up. Yeah, for those that don't like fighting in hockey, that's a perfect homage to the, uh, I think, gentlemanly rules that go along with fighting in hockey. Not only is it a self-policing thing, but there are moments like that where somebody is, you know, too thick, too stupid to, you know, say, I give. And the other guy says, no, look, this is this isn't right. We got to stop this. Like, I mean, I watched Dougie Murray beat the wheels off of Peros and they went, you know, he fell over the top of him. And instead of reaching for that last punch as they went down, he put his hand behind his head so his head didn't bounce off the ice. Like, those are those little things that, you know, make make fighting in hockey what it is. It's not just beat the shit out of the other guy. It's it, it, There's some respect there. They're, not some. There is respect. They know who they're up against. Yeah, only in hockey can you actively beat the shit out of a guy and still want the best for it, you know? 100%. Hockey players are all softies. And They're possibly go get a beer with them afterwards. The only people that aren't going to do that are Revo and Kaner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, no lack of tummy sticks between those two guys. No, no. Watching them chirp at each other with the glass missing behind the bench. Oh, my God, that was amazing. <laughs> made my day. Made my made my week. Yeah, they're uh, they're not too friendly. And, and you know, to, that is there is something to be said for uh, as much as, you know, we do enjoy guys looking out for each other out there, even when they're competing against each other. It's nice to have guys that genuinely don't like each other. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we don't get that too much anymore where uh, you hear the stories of the 80s and it's like the teams couldn't stay at the same hotel because they'd, uh, they'd brawl in the lobby. And, ooh, that's a big hit from Dreisaitl. Sorry about that. Um, oh, saw that. I know it was probably about 45 seconds ago for you guys. But, you know, there's we, we don't really have too much of that anymore in the game because everyone, you know, trains at BioSteel over the summer and knows each other and right. all that. But... Uh, yeah, as know. long as the Kachuk, there's a Kachuk name in the NHL, uh, it's not completely gone. Oh yeah, and, and as long as Drew Doughty thinks that he's uh, <laughs> Drew Doughty, for lack yeah. of a better yeah. phrase, there. Oof. They just replayed that hit. That was. I don't know who won that hit in the open ice. <laughs> it's it's yeah, but it, it's good to see. So uh, it looks like Drysidle, yeah, steps up at the blue line. I'm not even going to try and pronounce that that uh, Toronto player's name. Um, something off, so he's he's Russian. But yeah, no, that's uh, it's good to see. Uh, you know, star players still stepping up 
we, we kind of we were getting away from that for a little bit so yeah true all right gentlemen i think that's uh it's a pretty good episode you guys got anything else you want to touch on any nuances or random shit of your week the nhl anything no i uh back on the ice for us again for minor hockey for development sessions which is kind of nice we're back on the ice what is it like tell me more it's nice (laughs) it's uh not playing but it's it's still nice to just put the skates on go uh help some kids nice nice yeah mikey i don't know if you know this but it uh Santa Clara County is going to be shifting to the state rules for uh, COVID everything. Uh, now that we've uh, established that we can do things right, I think they trust us a little better. But uh, recreational sports for youth and adults uh, is going to be coming back in our code red, whatever that is, the next stage, which is supposed to happen on Wednesday. So all those emails between us and our uh, lovely captain for the Ice Beavers Hopefully we're getting in the ice. Hopefully everybody else is too. Uh, COVID is uh, starting to reel itself back a little bit with the vaccines. Uh, Hopefully you guys have a a great week. And uh, we'll see you on the other side with some uh, more good hockey. All right. We'll see you later, boys. Goodbye, readers at home. Listeners. Oh, yeah, did we mention Raiders. we're beneath the ice? I don't even know if we said that at all during this episode. <laughs> I don't know if we did. <laughs> Other than our, about our social media. <laughs> yeah, great. You, Shit. You know who we're, we are. We're really good at this podcast. You're here, you know. Right, you're here. You know who we are. And episode.